Hello everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Mustard Seed Leadership Podcast. We are on week eight. We've been doing a series called Raising Up Large Capacity Leaders. And if you haven't yet downloaded the book, I highly encourage you. Dudley Daniel wrote an amazing book called Biblical Leadership. This is based on chapter six, seven, and eight, and it's free to download. You can go right now, ncmr.net, or you can have a look at the link. If you haven't downloaded the notes, it's available. Please download the PDF. You can follow along, and that does have a link that will take you to the free download of that book. So we're looking at 12 factors. How do we enlarge our capacity as leaders so that we can in turn raise up other leaders of higher capacity? And we've looked at nine factors so far. We need firstly a larger theology. Our revelation of God is going to determine our capacity. And so that's huge. Secondly, we need to enlarge our capacity for people that are different to us. Great big capacity leaders or have the diversity to their team, which is, which is beautiful. Thirdly, we need to enlarge our capacity for people who do things better than we do. Insecure leaders only want people who they are better than, but big capacity leaders actually want team members who do things much better than they do, which is beautiful. Fourthly, large capacity leaders are people who can cope with change. And uh, that's huge over the last couple of years. Things have been changing and I think into the future, things will continue to change so quickly. We have to have a flexibility to our leadership style. Fifthly, large capacity leaders are focused. Uh, sixthly, large capacity leaders have overcome their fear of failure. That was a big one. I know for me, that's been such a huge challenge. We've got to risk if we want to trust God for big things. And uh, number seven, large capacity leaders prioritize mentoring one-on-one and in small groups. Remember the right hand and left hand. There's crowd ministry or your primary function, but then there's also developing people who can take their leadership further. Uh, Number eight, large capacity leaders are not afraid to hold people accountable, to confront and to challenge them. We looked at that last week, and that's a big one. And then the other one we looked at, large capacity leaders don't try and make everyone think, act, speak, preach the way they do. It's not my way or the highway. There's room for people to bring their own unique perspectives and gifting. So we're going to look at two today. Number 10, uh, ways that of growing our capacity as leaders. Number 10, large capacity leaders know how to delegate the right thing to the right person. Now, delegation is huge when it comes to growing your capacity, because if we want more capacity in our lives to do more, we have to be able to unload some of those things. Now, most people fall into two categories, either they people pleasers or they control freaks. Or both, if you really have it tough. And those are two challenges we have to overcome to learn to delegate. People pleasers are too afraid to ask someone for help. You don't want to inconvenience them. You'd rather just do it yourself. Control freaks don't trust anyone to do it as well as they do. So they want to do everything themselves. Both of those will hold back your capacity. I like what Dudley said here. He uses a lead elder in a church as an example. But he says... um, The fact is there's some things we can delegate, but there's some things we can't delegate. Now, a large capacity leader knows the difference. These are things only I can do and need to do them well, and they should become a priority. These are things I don't have to do, and I can delegate them to others. For example, for someone leading a church, here are three things. And if you're a leader of a church, three things. Number one, confronting big sin issues. Here's Dudley's quote. He said, there's certain functions that cannot be delegated to other elders. For instance, the man who leads the church should be the one who confronts certain sins and problems in the life of the church. That's not something to get someone else to do. Big issue in the church, you need to deal with it. Secondly, meeting with his other elders. Another quote from Dudley, if you're the visionary elder of the church, you need to meet with your elders regularly. There's simply no 
no way around that. You cannot ask another one of the elders on the eldership team to keep meeting with them. You have to do it. If you travel a lot, you have to make time to be with them when you are there. That's your team. You need to invest them. Uh, the third one is then meeting and getting feedback with the deacons. Uh, Dudley said it like this, for that reason, because it's a spiritual ministry, you need to be meeting with the deacons regularly. You need to ask them what's happening in the life of the church, how the people are doing. They are the ones who are in contact with the people all the time. The point is this, there's some functions you can delegate, but the big capacity leaders knows the functions that you don't delegate, and those are the ones that need to become the highest priority. Delegation is a crucial part of enlarging your capacity as a leader, but there's some things that you cannot delegate. For example, Let's look at those three things. What if uh, out of a fear of confrontation, you just get someone else to go and deal with that sin issue? That's actually then going to become a bigger problem in the life of the church. What if, are oh, you busy, you traveling, get one of the other elders to meet with the elders team. What happens is the gap between you as the lead guy, the captain, and the rest of the team begins to grow. And soon there's division because there's more than one vision. What happens if you're not meeting with your uh, deacons regularly because ah, that's not such an important thing? Well, they're the ones on the ground. They're the ones spending most time with the people, you lose touch with where the flock is. In other words, big idea here is as a capacity leader, you need to look at your life, look at what you're giving your time to, what are things I can delegate and what are things that I can't. The things that I can't make those a priority. Big capacity leaders are intentional about what they can delegate and what they can't. Very quickly then, number 11, large capacity leaders in their lives, a large capacity, the message and the model, your example, need to match. One of the things that quickly trips up capacity leaders is when people begin to suspect what you're talking and what you're living are two different things. Dudley said it like this, another reason we do not raise up large capacity leaders is because our life does not match our message. We want sacrifice from the people, but we protect ourselves. We encourage them to trust God for their finances, for their needs to be met, etc. But we ensure we are first in line with available church finances. In other words, our life does not match our message. We tell them it's important to be available and vulnerable, but we protect ourselves and are not available and vulnerable ourselves. That's such a challenge. Of course, Jesus is the ultimate example. What is his message? Matthew 20 verses 26 to 28. Jesus says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So he has his message about leadership. Even the son of man came to serve and not be served. What was the model of his life? Well, John 13, 3 to 5, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God, was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. There it is. His message was, I came to serve. His model was, take the place of a slave and model servant leadership. When a leader's life and message are in sync, it adds credibility, which produces respect. Where there's a gap between a leader's message and their lifestyle, that respect is quickly eroded. So what's the big idea? Big capacity leaders have big respect because their message and their lifestyle match. So let me leave you with a couple of questions to ponder very quickly. Question one, what are the tasks you cannot delegate as a leader? Are you giving them the priority they deserve? For me, that's a probing question. Take a moment, work through it. What do you 
need to be doing? Are you doing it well? Secondly, now think of the tasks that could be delegated. Who could do these as well, if not better than you? Once you've isolated what you need to focus on, what are some of the other things that you can train and release to others? And then thirdly, if you had to ask the people you lead, if they think your life matches your message, how would they respond? Does your conscience get pricked? by this question. So hopefully you live in your message. Hopefully you're a big capacity leader. That's why you listen to this every week. And I really pray that it's helpful. Got a final episode coming next week in this series. Until then, may the Lord bless you. Can't wait to see you then. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Remember, if you'd like the notes that come along with this episode or any one of our past episodes, you can visit outlookchurch.co.za forward slash mustard seed leadership where you can see all our past episodes, all the resources and notes that go along with this. Until next time, keep growing.